0: Welcome to the Lou Perez podcast. My name is Lou Perez. If you want to support the podcast, please head over to the Lou Perez community over at locals.com, thelouperez.locals.com. And I'm very happy to be joined by my next guest because it's the Christmas season. And to be honest, anytime I want to feel happy, I just head over and check out what this man is doing. His name is Michael Malice. Michael, thank you so much for joining me.
1: I'm also really good at making people unhappy.
0: <laughs> I don't catch those ones. I, there's, I compartmentalize. Anything, anything that you do that makes me unhappy, I'm just like, no.
1: I'm not not him. you, but other people. It's, it's kind of my core competency.
0: Well, how's that been going? Well, what do you like <laughs> doing more, making people happy or unhappy?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think making people happy is more fun because it's more long-lasting. Because mm. when you make people unhappy, it's usually people who are miserable to begin with. Right. So you're not really moving the needle.
0: Yeah. So um, one of the things that I wanted to celebrate was my idea of a white pill Christmas. Okay. Um, and it's something that I'm, that I'm looking forward to. Um, but before we, I think before we get to those celebrations, um, you've been talking <laughs> a lot about white pills and, and can you explain what white pill is? What is the white pill? Um. I
1: want to get the quote exactly right. <laughs> I have all these these dopey little quotes and like I'll say them and I'll like, that's pretty good. And then in the future, I have to go back and re- read exactly what I wrote uh-huh. because I want it to be um, uh, consistent. So the definition of the white pill is it's po- I, I'm using we to refer to the good guys. Um, it's possible we will lose it's impossible that we must lose. So the white pill is, um, it's the counter reaction to the black pill. And this black pill is something that came about in the last couple of years ago in internet circles. And it's this premise, um, and it's pretty prominent in like alt-right circles that the West is dead, America's done for, uh, uh, you know, drag queen story hour, this is the end of the world and so on. And then everything's bad and Joe Biden is president. And the white pill is that this is um, it is an absurdity to think that the country that took on Hitler and Stalin and, you know, all these other you know villains of all time is going to fall down at the feet of, you know, Jack Dorsey and Ilhan Omar. I mean, and, but that's to be black pill is to regard them as unstoppable foes.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder if I've sort of done my part for making the alt-right think that we're being blackpilled because i'm a i'm the son of an immigrant a wetback uh, you you are a uh, an immigrant yourself uh who came over here and it's sort of like we're, we're maybe part of it is even if the stuff that we're doing that we think is great and positive they're still looking at it and they're like nah not not for us not for our country
1: or i think it's more like uh you're just prolonging the inevitable right
0: so what plans do you have for for 2021? I know that that you've been working on a book for uh, for a little while.
1: Yeah, that's going to be done next year. Um I did a cartoon with Tom Woods who some of you might know. He's this very failed podcaster. So that's <laughs> dropping in January. It's really great. Um, my it's 10 episodes. It's the politically incorrect guide. It's based on those books that we did an animated series kind of like the J- Rick Gervais cartoon. And my goal for the show, I had one goal. Uh, which is to get Tom into a dress as many episodes as possible. And I think he's in a dress in like half the episodes. So (laughs) I'm very, very pleased. Like if we do a flashback to Ayn Rand, the vampire novelist, it's Tom, you know, dressed as her. (laughs) Uh I haven't even seen that footage, but it's going to be uh, really, really fun. Um, So that's, I'm excited about. Um, I have a lot of... um, this this Gavin Newsom stuff really did a number on me, and as well as many other people. Uh, I have a lot of shows that I was supposed to be on in LA, um, and that kind of uh, had to be put on hold. But I'm looking forward to that, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll spoil something for you because this is a local show. Um, I'm when I'm on Ruben the next time I'm going to be dressed as the question. So that's going to be really fun.
0: <laughs> as the question, what what is the the question? Combo character. You know I'm on you know the familiar? question no, no oh Dino you
1: know Rorschach, the from Watchmen? yeah, yeah, so uh, there was a series of comic books um by a company called Charlton, and d c comics bought them out, Captain Adam, the question a few others, and alan moore the who a prominent comic book writer, he wanted to basically reboot them and in a dark context, and d c said nah, so he just basically marginally changed the characters. So Captain Mm -hmm. Adam became Dr. Manhattan and the question became Rorschach. But the questions character is uh, Rorschach, but he just has no face. There's no ink on it or anything. So I've got the whole look planned. It's going to be really excellent. So I'm doing a lot of this cosplay stuff on these shows because no one else is doing it. And it also alienates the people you want to alienate. So it's it's win-win.
0: Right. Well, I remember you were cosplaying as, um, well, at least you had the same hairstyle as Tulsi. Uh, a little while back when we, when we kind of first, uh, when I first did, uh, did your show. Um, Yeah. How's that been? Um, I mean, she's, she's been making a lot of noise um, and you've been sort of in her camp. Uh, What's that been like?
1: Yeah. Like I met her uh, not that long ago when I was in DC to do um, uh, some things and she's like, I'm going out swinging and she's not joking around. I mean, she Voted, I believe, against the bill or at least spoke out very heavily. No, I think she voted against it, that the stimulus bill. Uh, she had that law trying to mandate um, Title IX be a function of biological sex. Um, and she teamed up with Massey to try to repeal the NSA. So uh, she's not going down without a fight. To, to repeal the NSA? Wow. Yeah, that, I think that was the bill. Her and Massey teamed up for something like that, yeah.
0: mm mm-hmm. Well, you um, you, you did something recently. You um, you threw your, your pronouns in your uh in your bio. Um, are, are the pronouns still up, or have you changed them? Oh, no, are, I'm keeping are you feeling- them. <laughs> I'm keeping them. He, him. And and what's the um, what's the response been?
1: I, it. I, I haven't gotten, it's only been a couple of days, so I haven't gotten the boomercons to be like pronouns and bio opinion discarded. Mm-hmm. But it's a very good, um, I realized, and, and everyone who replied realized exactly what I was doing. It's a very good mechanism to uh, confuse certain people. And also to, to, as I said earlier, to alienate people that you want to alienate. Um, so it, it's just, you know, it's just something uh uh, it's wins across the board. Yeah.
0: Well, recently there was, a, um, I guess, a study or a paper that was going out, and it was so, it was something like an investigation of the growth of right-wing echo chambers on YouTube. And uh, a few friends shared it with me, and I checked it out. And in the back, they have a list of all these different YouTube channels, whether they're far left, left, center, uh, right, or far Right. And all my friends were sharing it with me because on the far right was my old comedy channel, We the Internet TV. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm far right? When the hell did did this happen? And it turns out that I wasn't alone. So I was far right. The Joe Rogan experience was far right. Brett Weinstein was far right. Sam Harris was far right. Sam Harris. Yeah, Sam Harris was far right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, So... uh, a buddy of mine, Noam Dwarman, who owns a comedy cell, he's like, he's like you know, got- no, yeah. yeah, he's like, you got to make a, a video or something. You got to respond to this. And he actually put me in touch with um with someone at The Wall Street Journal. So I wrote something up and I'm actually waiting for what I wrote, my op ed to be published in The Wall Street Journal right now, because basically, look, I'm a comedian. Um, I uh, my jo- my my job was eliminated. My uh, in in October, I'm trying to make it in comedy and. The idea that someone's out there calling me, uh, saying that I was a part of a far right program, it's like, you're just basically telling people, uh, don't work with this guy, don't associate with this guy. And it's it's so troubling how easy it is for people just to throw that shit out there and not face any backlash or consequences for
1: it. Yeah, it's a scarlet letter. uh, And they never have to explain or justify anything. Uh, But thankfully, that is being decreasingly effective um, as more and more, you know, the, the Quintessential example was New York Times had that article, you know, A1 above the fold, which is the prime spot for real estate in New York Times articles, about some kid who was in West Virginia, I believe, and he went down this very dangerous rabbit hole on YouTube. And one day he's watching Ben Shapiro. And then a few months later he's watching like Nazi stuff. And then it ends with him being like, No, I don't like this Nazi stuff. And it's like <laughs> so wait. So the the problem is he like started like sitting in his on his ass and like YouTube's algorithm just feeds him stuff and he goes I don't like this I want to yeah. go back to like you know something that's a semblance of a sane discourse and apparently this is front pa- literally front page news for them um, so a- increasingly these tactics that they use like what you are saying you know um, because now what they could do from any any article say Lou Perez comma who has been described as far right right and they have a link. So they're they're sourcing it, and no one's going to follow the link and be like, "Wait a minute, why is he on the same list as like Ben Shapiro as far right, you know, whatever?" Right. But this is a technique that they use. But the only uh, solution, in in my opinion, is to kind of, uh, you know, kind of ideologically self segregate and realize that everything that they write is a lie, um, and it's it just uh, an often obscenely so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, over the over the past few years, you know, trying to do trying to do comedy and doing a type of, of comedy, political comedy was sort of like equal opportunity offender. I always found myself like, look, I'm ready to make fun of both sides, but that's not necessarily the case with the people I would say on the other side, in particular, the left where it's like, I don't see a lot of, um, self-reflection or self-deprecation on that end when when it comes to making fun of uh, their own politicians, their own policies or anything like that. And it's sort of like, here I am trying to do, I guess, like the heavy lifting of both um, calling out bullshit on the left. And then also when I see bullshit on the right, calling out bullshit on the right.
1: Yeah. But I mean, this anytime you hear equality, my my kind of spidey senses start tingling because it's usually something that's, someone's doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, if you're calling out, there's, if you're calling out bullshit on the right, like neocon wars, I mean, the, and if you here, like, here's the choices, you have like neocon wars or you have, okay, they're raising the tax rate. I don't think those two things are equal. I think mm-hmm. that there's a huge asymmetry. So yeah, uh, it's, it's really kind of, things like this are just completely outrageous. And I don't think they should be treated, you know, equally as as you know, uh, someone using the wrong pronouns or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember you had um, an interview with um, uh, Thaddeus Russell, and oh, yeah. so- something that Thad pointed out.
1: Um, Talk about failures, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: t- something that that Thad pointed out um, in regards to all of sort of the uh, the protests that we were seeing around George Floyd and. Um, during the pandemic he's like there was nobody protesting war there was no anti-war protesting yeah and 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 it's scary but i feel like we've we sort of got to the point where i mean we heard we hardly heard anything about um about president trump's drone strikes because to admit that there's a problem with trump's drone strikes would be to admit that there was a problem with obama's drone
1: strikes no that's no. not true because they had a problem with him locking kids in cages that obama built
0: mm. and they didn't care so why didn't we hear about it you think?
1: I mean come on. You, you, you know, what is this one on one stuff? Just throwing fucking loving balls at uh oh, I, I don't know the answers. Why are they? Why is it?
0: Why is it? Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm I, I I have hoped that that we're gonna see a, a stronger anti war movement, but
1: um, I've already started. Um, so it, what's amazing is the second Trump lost, uh, the right heavily pivoted toward um we got to make sure there's not more neocon wars Hmm. so uh, the slogan is going to be joe biden wants to kill your kids um and then if it gets really heated uh, joe biden buried his sons and now he wants to bury yours so you have to fight dirty because this isn't again uh school choice or these other things this is we are going to be killing hundreds of thousands of innocent people overseas, which is going to lead to blowback here, make us less safe. And if someone sits down and says, I'm going to take your kids, get them on a plane, mail them to the Middle East where they're going to get slaughtered or come back dismembered, I don't think that this is something that is uh, necessarily a target of rational discussion when it's done preemptively and disingenuously. Mm -hmm. Uh, And here's another example. Earlier this year, many, many people... We're advocating that we need boots on the ground in Syria and they all invoked the Holocaust. they said this is another genocide uh, there's go- the Kurds are going to be exterminated uh, if we're not in there immediately they're going to be wiped off the face of the earth by December uh, we're not there the- apparently the Kurds were exterminated because we don't hear about them anymore mm-hmm. right? they-, they vanished from the face of the earth so the fact that they're so shameless in their war propaganda means you can't Describe it and respond to them in peaceful, um, you know, polite terms. They, they have to be fought, it, and it also gets to them when you fight dirty, because then it, it takes away their veneer of respectability, and you realize that these are bloody butchers who should be treated as such.
0: I remember reading; I think it was in, I think it was in the New York Times. Is it is it Duckworth? Um, she's a,
1: a congresswoman. Oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, Tammy Duckworth. Yeah,
0: yeah, and um, she wrote an op-ed. I guess she was taking it. You know, sticking it to Donald Trump or something like that about, you know, about service. And one of the things that she, that she said is that she, she made this um, sort of link between the uh, people who fought in the Revolutionary War yeah. and the people who fought in the Iraq War. And I was just sort of like, wait a minute, I don't, I know, I know, I know, I know there are wars and people died and, and, and all that, but the connection on ideological grounds, I'm like, what, you know, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah, maybe she lost a piece of her brain when she lost those legs over there. So I, I mean, these people, Dan Crenshaw is another one. Um, it's really kind of funny because social media has done a wonderful job of making these people look like clowns and assholes. Um, and I know for a fact that Dan Crenshaw, who's this kind of veering neocon congressman for Texas, he's got an eye patch. He lost his eye uh, in, in service. You know, he's trying to be kind of this cool dad figure, uh, hip the hip guy on the right. And he's being treated mercilessly online, and he does his own Twitter, and it gets to him. And I, every time it gets to him, I'm absolutely delighted. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we, we often hear a lot of, I guess, like pro-war, if there's any other way to describe it, pro-war uh, veterans. But it seems like there's so many veterans out there who are anti-war veterans that are just seem to be, you know, kind of swept to the side, and we don't hear from them very much.
1: Yeah, of course, because they don't serve the purposes of the cathedral, which is, you know, promoting this kind of uh, militarist agenda. The The corporate press's bloodlust for war cannot be overstated. I mean, this has been going on for over 100 years. Every war, you know, they're beating the war drums and they'll invoke the most, you know... Uh, uh, beautiful sentiments like oh well, if you don't do this, it means you hate America and mm-hmm. or you want children to be murdered and all that. they have no shame um, and they can't be treated with any with even the slightest modicum of respect accordingly.
0: The first time I heard about the cathedral it is uh, it was from you. Um, can you talk a little bit of, about that and what that entails?
1: Sure. Uh, basically, the cathedral is uh, what sets and allows the parameters of acceptable discourse by you know selective editing and, and how news is presented. It starts with the universities, uh, it's promulgated through the media and entertainment, and it's implemented into law by the state. Uh, where conservatives got it very wrong for a very long time, they were fighting the battle in Washington, and now there's an increasing realization among people of, of Right and left, who are anti-war and and you know anti this kind of corporate bs, that this starts much earlier and it's much more pernicious. Uh, Nancy Pelosi does not uh, hate you anywhere near as much as the New York Times editorial board, let alone the Harvard Law faculty.
0: I think one of the one of the great things that come out of the uh, of the Trump uh, administration, and um, I'm already going to get flack for just saying anything great came out of it, but I think I think he was a great crucible. For us to to really show the impurities of the institutions, and oh, yeah. and to, to just show them for for what they are, and I I don't think the skepticism of those institutions dies when on January twentieth when Biden takes over. I think I, I think we're, yeah. we're we're too far gone now, and too many people are in
1: the know. They really I've be- made this analogy before. They it's like Hillary in two thousand eight. Hillary in 2008, when she's the Democratic, running for Democratic nomination, it was a given she was going to be the nominee in her campaign's mind. They didn't think past New Hampshire, right? She loses Iowa to Obama, uh, comes in third. Uh, Iowa was a very white state. So the fact that Obama as a minority candidate could beat her and beat her there was a huge uh, um, example of his, the, uh, the validity of his campaign in terms of being able to attract votes. She takes New Hampshire. But then after that, there's all these states where there's overwhelming African-American populations and the delegates were being voted proportionally. So when she would win, it'd be like 52 to 48. But when he would win, it would be like 70, 30. Mm -hmm. And it looked very quickly like she's screwed because you play out the math, like where are you going to be able to take this guy on? And they hadn't thought that far ahead. And she got her, you know, butt handed to her. They really thought the corporate press that Trump was the source of all this that we beat Trump, he goes away, everything goes back to normal, and here's the deal we'll do with you guys, you deplorables, uh, we'll just pretend the last four years were you having a temper tantrum, there won't be re- uh, repercussions for your transgressions, and now we're gonna go back to normal is the way things ought to be. And uh, what they don't realize is that Trump wasn't the source of all this, he was the dam. And now that they've broken the dam, things have rapidly uh, and profoundly radicalized on the right uh, already articles are starting to trickle out as they're realizing this is also in the Atlantic um, and some other venues about, holy crap, like, this has gotten insane how quickly the right has just been repudiating all of us. And it's going to get much, much worse because if they think Joe Biden is the one who's going to be able to handle this, when people like Paul Ryan, John Boehner, uh, they all ran out of Washington because like, we can't deal with this base. people are crazy. And that was you know four years ago, six years ago when the base was a lot more sane and a lot, and and a lot more calm. So they're going to be in for a world of hurt because how? I, I forgot who it was. They wrote an article, but how do you deal? Uh, go, how do you govern when you have a significant percentage of the population who is very committed to the absolute burning down, destruction of the system, and will use any mechanism in their power to do so, and will revel in it? What do you do? And I don't know. I I. Like if I had to sit down and advise Joe Biden how to manage this, I don't know what I would tell him.
0: Yeah. It's sort of like what what happens during the first 100 days, because when I when I see politicians talking about putting lists together of people, uh, that's some really scary shit. But it's scary for them, too, when when you're talking about over 70 million people who voted against the guy, you want to put 70 million people on a fucking list.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I have a if you go to governors com I have T-shirts where I think these governors should be sent to Gitmo. And I think what's really great is that we're seeing for the first time conservatives turning on the police because they are realizing they were harder on people who were um, owning businesses than on those who are burning down businesses. And it's become very indefensible how they behave during these quarantines and lockdowns. Uh, they're not on the side of the people. It's transparently obvious uh, as 2020 demonstrated. And then they have a whole other situation when you lose the authority of the state uh, over the population, over the people who are motivated. You know, the masses are never going to care one way or another. They're going to be just following along. That's another huge mess to deal with. Uh, there was in, I think it was in Vermont recently or New Hampshire. Uh, one of these mayors was the target of a citizen's arrest. I don't think this is going to get easier if they are trying to make things more quarantined or more lockdown. I think it's going to escalate, and I want it to escalate. These people need to have personal consequences for their uh, depravity.
0: And I'm, during the uh, during the lockdowns, I guess they're they're ongoing. Um, it was it, it was wild to see. I I thought basically all the anarchists I follow, like yourself, like Tom Woods, like Dave Smith, uh, you guys had the the most sane perspective on this whole thing. And um, I was telling people, I'm like, my anarchist friends are principled as fuck. And when I think when, when shit was really hitting the fan, you need those type of people like yourself to be parsing out and showing what's, what, what's really going on. I mean, in our, we're both in New York. Yeah. Um, what Cuomo and de Blasio are doing is just, it's horrific and, and just destroying so many livelihoods. You, you mentioned on a few of the, your podcasts, Ice and Vice. Which, for people who don't know, Ice and Vice is is an incredible ice cream makers. Um, they I think, they're one of the best uh, that, that I've ever had. And because of this lockdown, they're gone. They're they're done.
1: We we have seen a systemic attack on small business via corp- uh, to the benefit of corporate America and, and huge business in this country, the likes that we should have never seen before. Uh, they were stood there cheering on the burning down of uh, small businesses by supporting the the rioting. Uh, And then they're cheering on the lockdowns. Amazon's doing fine. Target's doing fine. Walmart's doing fine. All these small companies, uh, all these waiters and waitresses, bartenders, they're not doing so fine. I had a poll on my Twitter, which I don't think is really tongue in cheek. And I said, who's done more uh, long-term damage to New York, Muhammad Atta or de Blasio? Mm -hmm. And de Blasio won nine to one. And that is the correct response. Um, And they're doing it shamelessly and brazenly. Um, gyms were closed for months. Is there any population that is more concerned with their health than people who go to health club? And what was amazing at one point is uh, Cuomo had said, all right, gyms are clear to open. And de Blasio said, well... It's gonna be another two weeks because we don't have enough inspectors and our priority is opening the schools. Okay, have some kind of private licensing for inspectors, have the gym right. pay a fee and you could open up. These are people out of work, people have you know need to exercise, so on and so forth. So the fact that he feels so comfortable telling an entire segment of the economy, you're going to two more weeks right. uh, is unconscionable. And I, I don't know where this is going, but as an anarchist, it's it's going in a direction I like because, and I'm I'm very disgusted with our country, because if you have France and Canada who are fighting the cops who are enforcing these lockdowns, what the hell has happened to America? That we're third on this list? That's despicable.
0: Uh, our friend, uh, Carol Markowitz, uh, has been doing a, an amazing job over at The Post just covering um the you know Kafka esque rules that have been um, you know put down on uh, on, on restaurants and it's um, I, I asked this I asked this question and I wanted you know but I never got an answer to it for these people who want to close down restaurants okay which restaurant is responsible for the most COVID cases. Like, tell me, you should have that. You should have that list, right? uh, Yeah. I mean, you should have that information if you're going to be, you know, closing things down. Just think about the amount of restaurants that just spent upwards of thousands and thousands of dollars to comply with these with these bullshit regulations to create outdoor outdoor dining.
1: And now they're done. One of the things that um, Giuliani did to turn around New York is he made it more of a tourist spot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He cleaned up Times Square. All the hookers and porn stores went away. Um, He made it safer. And what makes New York special isn't Target. It isn't uh, movie theaters. It is these small, unique businesses, restaurants, boutiques that you can't find anywhere else. When you remove all of those, that that tourist money pays for those social programs these people like. You Mm -hmm. are going to have a kind of death spiral. Uh, If you're making all these uh, buildings where no one's paying rent anymore, because if I could have my employees working from home, why am I paying these exorbitant rents? I don't see how you're going to turn the ship around. And I don't think they care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On the rent side uh, as well, there's, you know, calls to, to cancel rent, but nobody's canceling property taxes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just this idea that, you know, the, uh, uh, the immigrant woman who owns a, a two family in, in Queens, I don't know, she has deep enough pockets where, you know, if, 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 if her, her tenants aren't paying, she, oh, she'll be fine. Yeah it's and if uh, not that's her problem yeah exactly exactly it's uh, uh it, it's her problem i i had a um a, a uh subscriber on locals had this question for you and it's
1: uh oh god i gotta take questions from the plebs for free
0: should, just 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 this one and and uh the, the others are gonna have yeah, to I pay asked for it in
1: advance and i said no <laughs>
0: <laughs> this i'm gonna guilt you this is my whole this okay. is all my, my whole way just to guilt you I so feel guilt. uh let's see in your book the new right you yep. talk about the left and their need to signal their mental health issues. Has it gotten worse during this last election process?
1: No, I think it hasn't gotten as bad. Uh, what they're talking about is there were all these talks about Trump gaslighting us and blah, blah, blah. And this was, I think, a big thing around 2018, 2017. And, and it's like, wait, wait, if you're saying that Trump's gaslighting you, you're saying that he's making you feel crazy. (laughs) And it's like, well, maybe it's not him. And maybe it's not just a feeling. Um, And if you're giving whoever's in the White House that amount of power over your mental health, it's not about them. Mm -hmm. It's about something in your mind that has to have this uh, kind of weird connection to a person who does not know that you exist. Um, I think that's decreased. Um, I think mental health issue, here's, you know why? It just clicked. Mental health is not a thing in 2020. Because if their mental health was a thing in 2020, then these governors, who, as I said earlier, should be in Gitmo, would have more accountability for the sustained assault on mental health that we've seen in 2020, Mm. which is, you know, uh, in many places, uh, solitary confinement is viewed as torture. Human beings are social animals. You keep them isolated. It's very known to have deleterious consequences they decided to put everyone in solitary confinement and like suicide rates, depression, all these things went through the roof. They, they don't really talk about it. Cause it's like, well, what are they going to do? Not have suicidal ideation. So uh, mental health has been swept under the rug in 2020. And that's why.
0: Yeah. Uh, I tweeted out a little while back. If, if Trump broke you, Biden can't fix you. If yeah. He, there's just
1: a hundred percent. He can't even, he can't fix it. He can't even fix his own diapers. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to, um, Here's the thing it, no matter who the president is if you have a 51 49 senate majority and 220 to like 2 th- what was it like 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 220 to 215 house majority and you're screwed how mm-hmm. are you possibly going to be able to govern it's, it's 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 almost literally impossible in the best situation so it's going to be beautiful beautiful carnage and here's what people don't appreciate i really hate this cynical, lazy, dumb, thinking like, oh, nothing's going to change. Everything's the same all the time. It's like, okay, you're, I get it. You're, you're too cool for school. Listen to The Cure, go write in your diary in your purple ink. For the first time, you're going to have Trump on Twitter, or maybe he's going to go to parlor if they ban him from Twitter. I don't think they will. He's going to be tweeting the whole time, holding those Republican politicians accountable. And he's going to be the voice of the crazy base that is an unprecedented situation. George W. Bush kept his mouth shut during the Obama years. Uh, mm-hmm. Obama kept his mouth shut largely during the Trump years, only in the last year. But even so, he was pretty kind of quiet about it. He wasn't you know, front and center every day. Trump sucks, Trump sucks, Trump sucks, sucks, Hillary was doing that much more than Obama did. President Trump is not going to, I don't think he's going to vanish and go away. I think he's going to be very ruthless. And that is really going to force a lot of these Republican politicians, some on a marginal level to have some modicum of backbone and that's really going to be bad for the Democrats.
0: Yeah. And what do we do? I mean, we're in New York. Um, I'm actually looking uh, to move out of New York to try to get a, a house cause of uh, the, the growing family and all that. Uh, Where what, to? Um, oh, Jersey <laughs> right, right next door, right next door. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering what, you know, what effect will, you know, poli- uh, federal politics, uh, have on our state, you know, The
1: current time, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it it seems like no matter what happens on the federal level, uh, the governor and the mayor are certainly doing more than their part to, you know, completely destroy um, the city. The thing is, like, I'd be fine to move with something that I never thought I'd consider, but I don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no real place to go. Like I said on Twitter not that long ago. I'm like in my 60s. And for the first time in my life, I want to just go to a club and listen to music four in the morning, like loud, crappy music. Hmm. And there's nowhere in America I could do that. And I can't leave America. Uh, So it's like if I leave, like I went to Austin not that long ago, but it was a ghost town also. So my friends moved there. Now it's opening up a bit. But I mean, this Austin is a very pale shadow um, compared to New York.
0: Yeah. You you read uh, Governor Cuomo's book on yeah. his, um, his well, I got her- paid
1: a thousand dollars to do it. So,
0: you, well, let's be clear, you got paid a thousand dollars to read uh Cuomo's book. Um, what'd you think of it?
1: <laughs> well, it's it's in the form of a journal, so it's not oh, what really? people think. Yeah, like it says lessons from the pandemic, it's like this is what I did every day. So, it's interesting in a sense of a time capsule, it's perfectly readable, but there's not even an, an attempt to present lessons it's more like okay we did this this is this flared up this day here's who i called and these are the commendations we made so it's 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 like a blog yeah
0: um can you imagine if trump
1: put out a book
0: about you know how he's handling the pandemic what he was doing every day what the response would be to that
1: well i think well yes yeah, of course we don't have to imagine it we yeah, know we, we know, exactly know we're, we're told it and it's just really funny because they're like oh three hundred thousand people died and you ask someone i go okay how many people would be dead if Hillary Clinton had been president? And there's never, right. ever any answer. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, it's insane.
0: I'm just wondering if there's a chapter on cheesecake. So he had that, he had that line about, you know, it's like people who complain about gaining weight. You ate the cheesecake. Did you, did you hear that when Cuomo? No. said that? Yeah. Comparing it to, uh, he was talking about, you know, people who were stricken uh, with COVID, not wearing masks and and that sort of thing. Comparing to, well, you know, you ate the cheesecake, you got fat. Oh wow! Okay, that's, yeah. that's great
1: stuff.
0: <laughs> Fantastic stuff. There's there's been a lot of talk about um, uh, Ross possibly getting a uh, clemency. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think you think we're we're going to be close to that?
1: Um, I think someone just needs to make the case to Trump that this would really spite like the deep state because I think that's his big motivation. And the big three from the right are. Assange, Snowden—not from the right. I'm sorry, it's not even the right at all. It's the big three from people who are skeptical of the kind of media, media government apparatus. Are Assange, uh, Edward Snowden, and Ross Ulbricht? I think it's pretty likely that those will happen, at the very least, because they they're, they keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'd want to, He wants to go out, use whatever power he has. Um, I think Assange is probably the most likely of those three that uh, there was just a letter sent, you know, urging him to do that. I was a signatory to that. Um, I, I, I don't think it's unlikely. And I think it would be uh, pretty awesome if that happened for all three of them.
0: Yeah, I, I, I performed up at the, uh, the New State Project and uh, a benefit for uh, for Ross. And um, so uh, before me, uh, Pete uh, Quinones went up and, and gave this just beautiful, beautiful, impassioned speech, not a dry eye in the audience. And then after that, I have to get up there and do stand-up comedy, which is I'm like can I go first I mean had I known what the lineup was going to be I maybe wanted uh, wanted to go first so you know I might be a little biased as far as you know wanting uh wanting Ross to be free because i I know uh, I know Lynn in particular um but I do think it would be such a great fuck you for Trump because uh, you know this happened under you know Chuck Schumer's watch um he uh, an enemy, I, I guess one of Trump's enemies is uh, Preet uh, bah- Bahana. Is that how yeah, you? Yeah, one of it? those. Whatever, how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, he oversaw this. Um, so yeah, I think as a as a parting, you know, Fu, I think it would be uh, it would be a good move on his part.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that is his big motivation yeah. for a lot of these things. At the beginning of the year,
0: I think back in in February, well, we got to do some road work together. Yeah, uh, which was uh, which was fun. I was promoting a um, a mini documentary called. Five reasons why we need Sweden's democratic socialism, or something yeah. like that, and we hit up Phoenix, and we hit up, uh, we hit up Dallas. And, uh, this is the first time we actually, we had spent like time together and we got, and I got to share my birthday with you this year. So my, when I turned 38, I I had Michael Malice on the, uh, at my birthday party. So that was And I
1: promise you, you're not going to see 39. So
0: we'll see. Oh, thank
1: you. That was my birthday wish for
0: you. Oh, thank you. You're not supposed to tell me. You put, yeah, you blew out my candle and took my fucking wish. Oh, there are other, there are other horrible wishes. There are other ways. Um, but, uh, I think one of, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things that happened. So there was, uh, you, you had offered me a, a birthday gift, a birthday present of a, something I'd never heard of called. Oh uh, no, we're
1: not going down this road. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 but we will tell this other story. <laughs> okay. We, tell we the other we story. your Go birthday for it. dinner. Um, we went to this, uh, restaurant is this, this tacos, mm-hmm. um, no, it wasn't the birthday dinner. I think it was just after one of these events. And the waiter came, and I'm a Russian, Russians don't drink ice with their water. And the waiter came out and he said, um, and he, my glass was the only one that didn't have ice in it. There were seven of us at the table. And I said to him, uh, why didn't you give me ice? And he literally looked at me and he said, I don't know. And it was, and I took a photograph of it and it was such a great Twin Peaks moment um, that I still think about that fairly often.
0: Out of everything that happened, that I, I had no
1: idea that that happened. <laughs> well, it was one of those, I, I think the thing is, I talk a lot about magic being real. Mm-hmm. So I think little moments like this where, like, if he had said, oh, you, got, you said no ice, like, and I just somehow had a Biden, you know, stroke and just forgot about it. And I knew I hadn't because we didn't, right. it, he didn't ask us if we wanted water. And the fact that he had no explanation was really uh, kind of something.
0: Well, you, you, were, you were on like a pretty strict, um, I don't know if you'd call it a diet or a regimen. Regimen, yeah. Yeah. Um, are you still are you still keeping with it?
1: That was for a project. And I was mm. all ready to go in March. And then oh. COVID hit. So now I have to spend all this time getting back to that point.
0: Mm. Uh, because one of the nights uh, we hung out and you're like, let's go to my favorite burger spot. I want to go to my favorite burger spot. And it, what a burger. I was like, yeah, cool. Let's, uh, let's go. So we... We take a, an Uber over to this Whataburger and I go and, and anytime that I'm going to a new burger spot, I, I indulge. So I got like two really big uh, sandwiches and then I, I wait for you to order and you're like, no, no, I'm not ordering I'm I'm on my regimen. Well, so you that, were hungry,
1: and I, I knew it'd be good.
0: Yeah, I, I was hungry. Yeah, okay, I wasn't that hungry. But then I sit down. You sure,
1: you you're sure, fatty? You had two burgers? No, this is a beard, Listen, had, this the beard, man. This is not fat. You had the cheesecake, Lou. You had, you had, the, had cheesecake. the cheesecake.
0: So, so I take over my my tray of food, feeling like a fat kid, and you sit right across from me, and you watch me eat like you're a feeder, like I'm like I'm one of the like I'm a fat pig, and there's like sort of. A, some weird fetish element to it. You watch me eat this thing.
1: This is what you looked like to me. <laughs> Come on. You just had that handy. Yeah. Cause when I was doing my review of Kamala Harris's book. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And
0: then, <laughs> and then I'm like, and then I ask you like, Oh, you sure you don't, you don't want anything. And you're like, no, this is uh, I also have a monocle. <laughs> this is my, you were saying that, no, this is me uh, showing discipline. And yeah. All that. So, so it's you showing discipline. Right. You having a regimen and me being just like a fat pig getting closer to my birthday and
1: closer like to a fat pig as a fat pig.
0: as as a fat pig <laughs> getting closer to my 38th birthday, feeling like shit away from home.
1: 38, 38 years, 38 inch waistline. It's just the math.
0: Oh, no, I can't do that, man. I couldn't let myself go like that. But that's when you hang out with Michael Malice, you're going to have stuff like that. People aren't going to get on ice.
1: Now so. I'm on a bulk. Now I'm on thirty six hundred calories a day. It's not fun. I have to eat Subway. It's disgusting.
0: Are you, um, are you like powerlifting? Is that what's happening?
1: Kind of thing. Yeah. And like, it's not easy eating like an American. I got to tell you, (laughs) but it's not fun.
0: Mm -hmm. What, um, uh, what are you doing a lot of you doing deadlifts
1: uh, squats? Yeah. I have a whole, I've got a whole crew of, of people helping me. It, it takes, it's like Steve, uh, it's like the $6 million man. Like it takes a lot of really smart, really talented people to get me. Who's a complete mess to make any progress in any direction.
0: What What's uh, what's the goal? Do you have uh, numbers in I, mind?
1: No, no, it's a whole, it's a, it's this project that I was working on. I'll tell you about it. Um, okay. Off the air to just to drive the fans crazy. Right. And, um, with, I'll email you right now. This is what really bothers them. When you email someone while you're talking to them, they don't know. Oh shit! Um, shit, shit.
0: I... He's just going to send me a picture of me looking like a pig. That's it. That's oink, oink oink oink. There, I just sent it. Thank you. Now, now let's see if my my computer crashes. Dun, 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 dun. It hasn't come yet. Okay. This is, this is really, this is really good zoom for everybody. Just watch, just watching. Just, I'm, just gonna,
1: I'm, I'm telling you because it drives them crazy.
0: <laughs> and, um, so I'm, I'm new to the, to the locals, uh, community, uh, you've been on it, um, a few months, uh, a few months longer than, than I have, uh, what, you know, what attracted you to it?
1: I was promised no minorities, so that was that, and that, then you came along, uh, Ricky Ricardo, and you ruined the whole neighborhood. Well,
0: well dude, <laughs> people can have access to my shit for half the price of yours. So 250? I'm, I'm gonna undercut you, man. I'm gonna undercut you. Two fifty, uh, sure. Let's go for it.
1: But mine's mine's five. How much is yours? Is two it fifty? Yeah,
0: it's five too. It's oh, not. Okay. I, I gotta change the product. It's not selling too well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> gotta fit another sombrero on. Yeah. No, um, I was the third one. Dave Rubin was first. It's his platform. Bridget Fetty, who we both adore, I'm sure was second. I was third. Um, I am. I like it a lot because i use it as an alternative to patreon and facebook mm-hmm. so my community and this is what i've encouraged you to do with yours is a great place for people to like post what they used to post on facebook because you know you're going to be surrounded by like-minded people who aren't going to give you attitude who aren't going to get their dander in a huff and you're not going to have these stupid arguments you could actually have discussions about issues because you're operating within the same rough framework
0: yeah, yeah, I'm, I, um, I haven't pulled the plug completely on, on Facebook, but I think eventually I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna have to do it and just tell people
1: to come over here. And yeah. here's the thing with Facebook, and this has nothing to do with politics or anything. I want to be able to see everyone's updates in reverse chronological order. No algorithm is going to be able to match what my mind wants correctly. Right. I mean, if there's someone I haven't interacted with in five years, maybe I'm like, oh, I'm wondering what this person's been up to. I haven't heard from them. I don't have that option unless I go to their page. So it's completely outrageous that the, the functionality that I want is not an option for me. So why am I using this product?
0: Yeah. And, and I have um, and I have fans of mine where I don't hear from them for a while and then they'll post something like, I'm back from Facebook jail. And it's like, man, yeah. I, the idea of just having to deal with that bullshit. And the
1: thing with locals, obviously, since I'm buddies with Ruben, like if there's an issue, I'll get a phone call and we'll have a discussion. I'm not going to have to wake up like Patreon mm-hmm. and everything's destroyed.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, and, and now I think, uh, is um, it uh JP Sears? The uh, comedian is having an issue with uh, with Facebook. He's been trying to post stuff, um, like commenting on on COVID. Yeah, and the guy's risking like losing like I think like two and a half million followers. Two and a half million followers, and the idea that it could just be gone like that. I don't think enough people really know what it takes to build up
1: any audience. Forget yeah. about
0: one that's two point five million strong on a platform.
1: Yeah, that and and right, the fact that there's no there's not even a pretense that they're going to give you a reason. Terms right. of service, okay. okay. T- or just tell me to delete this post and yeah. tell me why. No, 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 yeah. This happened with me. I was on Tim Pool with Alex Jones not that long ago. And there was a part where basically Bill Gates was discussing how, you know, some people are going to have to live and some people are going to have to die, right? Hmm. Or something like that, that effect. And Alex said, well, fine, Bill. Let's, let's just get the firing squads. You know, let's just save a lot of time. And the video got pulled and they said... Alex, they had interpreted it as, because he was kind of muttering under his breath, that he meant, let's put Bill Gates in front of a firing squad. And what Al- Alex said, that's not what I said. And when you look back at the tape, he clearly says, he's a, he's like being sarcastic. Oh, if you're going to kill people, why are you going to bother using a Euro whale? Just get the firing squads. They agreed that they were wrong, didn't reinstate the video. They're like, oh yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> okay, great. Well, that's why already there's things like bitch shoot and all these other things popping up. It's like, why... Am I? I'm happy to play by your rules. You're not happy to even sl- have a pretense of telling me what they are.
0: Yeah, I I, I put a post on Instagram recently. It, it's funny. It, it involves Dan Crenshaw. So uh, on Twitter, uh, apparently Dan, Dan Crenshaw's account was following a, uh, a high price oh, yeah, yeah. escort, right? Yeah. And the screen grab was a a picture of a blur. Her her body. Her face was blurred. And then how much she charges by the hour. Uh, so I took uh, so I took that and said, you know, here's this escort uh, charging fifteen hundred dollars an hour, but meanwhile you got minimum wage es- escorts just scraping by. This isn't right. Income inequality. And I put it on Instagram, and it was taken down because they viewed it as me promoting a sex act. Oh my gosh. And 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 I was thinking about like, oh, let me, well, look, let me appeal this thing. And it was such a long process. And there was just all this legalese and all these different steps where I was like, you know what? I imagine I go through this whole thing and then it puts like a mark on my, you know, on my, on my account. And then maybe they just take away my whole thing. And it's just not, it's just not worth it. It's it's not even worth um, fighting to, to just keep that one thing up.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's really kind of absurd. And, and thankfully, instead of like maybe five years ago, people would be stamping their foot and complaining, oh, it's not fair. It's like, okay, we are understanding that it will never be fair or objective is the word I would use. We're just going to create alternative platforms. So we're not going to engage with this nonsense because these people are not acting in good faith, nor do they wish us well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, you know, libertarians will, will talk about, um, you know, free association, free association, but then complain that, People are getting kicked off these platforms, and it's sort of like, well, this is kind of the world we want, don't we? Where we're
1: able to freely associate with whoever we want. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm, this is also an example of the market fixing the problem. So instead of you know this claim that Twitter is the public square, Twitter's not. Twitter's prominence is not really that long, and there's no reason that it has to be a given. Uh, you know, in the coming years. So uh, my argument was, it used to be everyone was on OKCupid or Tinder, and then how many of these dating apps are there? And then dozens. So there's no reason everyone has to be centralized in the same way that if you said, well, everyone has to be watching CBS News, it's like, you sound like a crazy person.
0: Yeah. Uh, When I was single, what was it, like seven years ago, I basically made a profile on every single one. Uh, oh, okay. and, and, and I made a I made a profile on Fet Life. Do you know Fet Life? Yeah, of course. Of course, you're a feeder. You were feeding me, and you want for me to get fat in front of you. Um, but fatter, uh, fatter, but f- <laughs> fatter. <laughs> uh, f- <laughs> Fet Life was uh, Fet Life was interesting because it's all fetish. You know, obviously it's short for for fetish. And my handle. 'Cause I took it down, but my handle was you your love, you love handle. Yeah, I son <laughs> of a bitch. Dude, I got I got I gotta I gotta do more torque. Uh, my handle, my love handle on FetLife Life was Bruce Springsteen. What? So that, that Why? So I, I I don't Cause know Because you're the I, boss? I I could yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, I could be a that, Dom. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just now I'm just imagining fucking Bruce Springsteen just dominating Stevie Van Zandt and just like <laughs> making him like eat off the uh the stage. Um but but I was contacted it, I never got any any love on that on that side. I really wasn't, you know, that into it. But uh I got contacted by a couple who who were like, "Hey, we're big fans of the East Street Band, man. We should party." And their picture was just imagine like the most suburban basement imaginable so there's yeah. a pool table there's a a flag for the new york jets the football team and then there's a blonde woman uh in assless chaps just just folded over that with a a dude with a ponytail and a whip and it's like uh, oh that's that's what's happening in the suburbs maybe that's why i'm moving maybe that's oh, where i got
1: oh that's that does not sound appealing
0: doesn't sound appealing no not at all
1: not at all That sounds like I was was propositioning you.
0: That doesn't, okay. No, no, it doesn't sound appealing to me either. Okay.
1: There's this chubby Mexican in the
0: corner. Son of a bitch. I'm not Mexican. If I was, there'd be no problem with it. All right. I'm just saying I'm not what, that's not Mira,
1: mira. Oh,
0: man. I'm not Mexican. I'm a Mexican. I'm a Mexican. (laughs) I'm not Mexican. I'm, I'm, I said, well, well. (laughs) <laughs> I'm wondering if I should embrace the Latinx thing with you, just to make you t- call me Latinx. What's
1: well, that? I mean, I have my pronouns.
0: You do? Yeah. yeah. I was saying the definition of, of Latinx is a, a Latino who is incapable of seducing your wife.
1: So no, I think Latinx right. is a Latino who went to college. Oh, shit. It's such a white people thing. It's yeah. a complete white people thing. Latin people don't use this bullcrap. Spanish people are like, what, what is this? Yeah. They, I, they I re- don't even know what a chalupa is.
0: Who who doesn't know? Oh 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 yeah! That that's a I don't know what it is either.
1: It's like a Taco Bell that they made up. It's like a word. It's like what what is what is this? What is these?
0: <laughs> Michael Malice does the worst Mexican fucking accent.
1: <laughs> Would it be funnier if I had sixty more pounds on me?
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm like I'm like a buck eighty. All right, man. I know. <sighs> man that, i was i was closing out the year this is going to be my white pill christmas feeling good about going into 2021 and now you reveal to me not only am i fat but also you have a <laughs> you have a mark on my head that i'm not going to make it to 39 in february god damn it
1: oh. sorry i say.
0: all right i say, i was gonna i was gonna close <laughs> uh, close this out by saying something positive about you but um like well, what, what I was going to say is, you know coming up on, on the end of the year, it's been a friggin wild ride, I think yeah. for for everybody. And something that I did, uh, I, I was speaking to a buddy of mine a couple of days ago, and he told me that a, a mutual friend who I hadn't spoken to in about three years, and we actually ended things really poorly, me and this guy. Oh. Um, I heard uh, that that he too had a, had a baby this year. And I was like, "You know what?" I'm going to hit him up and, and you know see how, how he's doing. So I hit him up, and I congratulate him on, on having the baby. And I said, you know what? Looking back, uh, I really wish I had done things differently, and um, I really wish the best for you and, and all that. He wrote back, and it was almost like, man, three years it took for me just to, to do that. I mean, like at, any, at any moment, I could have uh, you know just, uh, t- I don't know, taken a breath Reevaluated, and then
1: well you're uh, lucky that he still had his Fet life profile active that's right
0: <laughs> he was like he was like I have that pool table ready to spread you on it like you wouldn't believe but <laughs> but he said I have to lose 60 pounds he, he's like he's like Michael Malice is right about you. you you know you know you you would be in our top 10 Lou but you know you got to drop a few so Michael Malice uh thank you so much for giving me some of this time. Thank you so much for some of the time you spent with me. Um
1: <laughs> you are welcome.